0: Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from OnShaw.net Smartphone bans and schools solving societal issues. Hello, hello, this is Simon Lewis from onshaw.net with If I Were the Minister for Education, a regular podcast where I take an aspect of the Irish primary education sector and I tell you what I would do if I were the Minister for Education. You can listen to this podcast on any of your favourite podcasting platforms and please subscribe if you like this or any of my other episodes. You can find all of the episodes on onshaw.net. Over the last month I've been on the National Airwaves discussing whether children under the age of 13 should own a smartphone. Now, if you've listened to this podcast before, you might wonder why someone like me would be asked to talk about this issue on the radio so many times given that I'm a primary school teacher and I'm I'm not a government representative, a lawmaker um, or anything like that. I'm not a parent who's been in the media talking about why I bought my child a smartphone or anything like that. I'm not even the PR person from a mobile phone provider. I'm simply a primary school teacher who gets calls from the radio to talk about this issue. But why? Because I'll tell you, it seems According to everyone, that the best people suited to banning smartphones for under thirteens are your local primary schools. Yes, in fact, even according to the minister for education, Norma Foley, um, when a, when a school and a few schools in Greystones it decided to have some sort of no smartphone pledge, um, they she decided she she announced that that could be extended countrywide, and. Norma Foley, who's the Minister for Education at the moment, um, uh, rather than actually saying that this was something that she would lead or that she would bring to the i suppose the department of communications i don't know or i don't know who the people are that make the laws around smart <laughs> around what 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 children shouldn't shouldn't do i mean whoever i don't know who makes the laws about why children shouldn't smoke or drink or vape or or, or drive or but I, I these laws don't come from primary schools as far as i know uh, but apparently uh, this uh, not having a smartphone really seems to be something that schools seem to be leading on but I I get it Um, and I can understand what they're doing. And I want to talk about this today um, and why I believe it's doomed to failure. Before I talk about why I think it's doomed to failure, let me start by saying that I actually do agree that smartphones should be banned for young people. Now, if you asked me this five years ago, I would have said the opposite. In fact, I actually did five years ago as or as late as two thousand and eighteen, and in a, in a blog post uh, back in two thousand eighteen, I asked a question. Uh, someone asked me a question: Has any country used smartphones in primary schools? And uh, my answer at the time was: The answer is yes. And, and this was the thing. It was known as BYOD, Bring Your Own Device, and it was gaining popularity everywhere, including in Ireland, and was certainly being pushed by our government at the time through uh, its um, what what was known as the NC. T E, uh, the National Council for Technology and Education, which is which has now been amalgamated into IJA, uh, which was uh, it's funny it's gone through a couple of name changes in the last five years, but uh, probably is more commonly known as the um, uh, P D S T Technology and Education section. Um, and um, it, it basically talked about why um, that schools aren't being provided with enough uh, funding, which they weren't, to buy technology for their students. So in the absence of that, there uh, I was encouraging schools uh, to allow children to bring in their own devices, and that we could teach them how to do lots of different things. And at the time, I was saying that a smartphone can effectively replace any of the following resources that schools often use, which were calculators, atlases, copybooks, encyclopaedia. Dictionaries, translation dictionaries, thesauruses, homework journals, postcards for photos, textbooks even, I had as a question mark, and many, many other things. And teachers could differentiate more, work more easily by assigning different tasks to different phones and so on. Now, I did uh, highlight that there risks involved, um, but I'd suggest uh, that, I suggested at the time, even though that was very damaging, that in any uh, good classroom, uh, decisions could be made between teachers and students about the consequences for the misuse of phones um, and so on. But to be honest, I have changed my mind. I have had a full uh, 180 degree change of mind here. In the world of technology in 2018, I believe it was a very different time and only five years ago, maybe not massively different, but different enough. And the smartphones of 2018 were very different smartphones to the ones that are being used in the culture of smartphone usage in 2023. I'm not talking about the hardware particularly, it's really now what's been done on them. The big change for me was the rise in social media and gaming in very young people, particularly social gaming, aimed at very, very young people and being used by very, very young people. Now, I'm not blaming the companies for that, and targeting is a very, very strong word, and I don't think companies uh, are deliberately targeting very, very young people, after all, they all seem to have an age limit of at least 13 on most of these social media uh, apps so it would be ridiculous to lay the blame squarely on uh, what's now TikTok musically which I believe was the start of it let's say do you remember musically it's now called TikTok uh, and back then it was like young children were doing these dances to songs and uh, it was really about dances and obviously now it's the me- the mega um, thing behemoth uh, TikTok but the, and then any of the hundreds and hundreds of games that now allow User interaction, uh, you know, where you have children now with headphones on and they're speaking to each other about tactics and strategy, but also other things they shouldn't be talking about. Because I can't blame any of these apps or any of these things because they don't actually condone very young people using them. But in fairness, they are par- only part of the problem. The services as I said don't directly target children. In fact, almost all of them have a minimum age limit. And I have to ask, is it their responsibility to ensure that children younger than that age use them? I mean, is that not like blaming Stanley Kubrick if a child got a hold of The Shining back in the 1980s? That would be ridiculous. Yes, Stanley Kubrick directed The Shining and made The Shining and was responsible for how scary The Shining was, but it would be mad blaming him that if a child bought the videotape or had the videotape in their possession. However, it would also be fair to say that these apps and games are designed to keep a person addicted to them and on them at all times. Let me give you an example of a social game that I confess I can be a little bit addicted to. Do you know the game Homescapes? And it also has lots of derivatives, garden scapes and probably sweet shop scapes. I don't know, they've loads of scapes anyway. Now, if you've never played any of these scapes games, load, load it up and see how long it takes for you to stop playing because at every juncture the game offers the user something to keep them on whether that's time limited power ups extra lives bonus puzzles social challenges and so on every time you go on they're at, they're offering you something that will keep you there. You know, maybe give you another example. Facebook reels. Have you tried Facebook reels or Instagram stories or where it's it's basically like a can of Pringles. You open one up and you can't stop watching them. It's amazing. You flick up and there's another thing and another thing and another thing. And it's amazing. How do they know that you know the next video is something that's gonna keep you there? It's just really hard to stop watching them. You become so addicted. And the reason behind this is algorithms. And you've probably heard this on the media, you've probably read about this, that these companies have designed or have designed these algorithms, which are designed to keep you personally interested and personally engaged. And those videos trigger something in our brains that say, okay, okay, just one more and I'll stop. Um, Another example is Twitter. It's an app that I engage with. And I sometimes find myself scrolling mindlessly through my feed, where somehow every few posts, something will catch my eye and keep me there, you know? And I'm slightly, now maybe I'm being paranoid, but I I found more recently, I suppose, since Elon Musk has taken over, that I'm getting more interactions um, from people that you know aren't aren't connected to me and they seem to be replying to me in the in 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 a way which makes me want to reply to them like they'll say something controversial or something combative or something that sort of undermines me or rude or, or maybe, made but it's done in such a way that it feels natural like a natural conversation now it could be real maybe maybe there are people out there now that are looking at my my twitter feed and they are replying to me and, and want to have an argument maybe having an argument is the new social thing in, on 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 twitter maybe it is and fair enough, maybe it isn't, I don't know, but at the end of the day, let's name my, what I'm doing for what it is. It's pure addiction, it's addiction, no other word for it. Now there's a reason why addictive things like Twitter, Instagram stories, the reels, and, and those scapes games, and as well as that, cigarettes, alcohol, and gambling. There's a reason why those things have laws where it's deemed that children shouldn't access them. There are laws, while the laws are there, that children shouldn't be on uh, Facebook reels children shouldn't be on TikTok children shouldn't be on all these and when I say children I mean children under 13 the laws are all there children shouldn't be playing those social games um you know whether that's I, I, I can't remember is it Roblox is is, is under 13s I could be wrong on that one there's no Fortnite Fortnite you need to be 13 to play there 12 or 13 to play that and never mind the other games like the Grand Theft Autos or the uh, other over 18s games no well never mind children shouldn't be playing those sort of games no one should be playing those sort of games they're awful it's awful what you should be doing what people are doing those uh, sort of things but anyway that's why adults can decide to destroy their bodies with cigarettes alcohol and gambling everything else but they can also destroy their minds with these horrific uh, games where they are doing all sorts of unmentionable things to um, virtual humans anyway uh, i go i'm going off track and also you're probably still wondering why is a primary school teacher talking about these things but the thing about it is, we have all these laws, uh, yet children still are owning smartphones. You know, I remember the first time I saw an ad, and it was Lidl or Aldi, one of the two, and they were advertising, I think it was a tablet, and they were basically saying an ideal communion gift. And I couldn't, there was a couple of reasons I couldn't believe it. Number one was, um, like, the, the, the this whole thing about why why would you be um you know associating. Um, smart devices or technology with uh, the holy sacrament of communion um, rather than you know maybe buying an appropriate present for somebody's communion which would be something I suppose like rosary beads or a prayer book or whatever you know the commercialization essentially which I've talked about many many times and I suppose this cultural Catholicism that's that's essentially uh, just it, it, I don't know what it's doing but it's 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 another another I sure you, you probably want to go through an episode of this podcast let me giving out about it so I'll stop there but also I mainly you know wow they're asking they're offering eight-year-olds these smart devices owning a smart device it's a bit mad smartphones and smart devices are not only addictive they're extremely powerful both for good and bad so if you ask a parent why they bought their kid a smartphone because they do they'll almost always say it's so they can keep tabs on them and I think that's something you should do. Ask a friend who's bought their kid a smartphone. Just tell me. I'm wondering why. Why did you buy your kid a smartphone when they were eight for their communion or whatever it might be? Um, and by the way, just for the record, in case you haven't listened to this thing, I think I think it's a madness. I'm not. Uh, I'm not someone who's defending anyone buying someone anything for their communion uh, like that. In fact, anyway, uh, I said I wouldn't talk about it. You can listen to my other uh, episodes on it. But anyway, um, let's move on because while parents uh by their their kids smartphones they will generally say it's because they want to know where they are what if they're out and about and i need to contact them i need to tell them to come home or they need they're they're in a set in the place of danger they need to contact me but the thing is smartphones yes they do that but they also allow children to take photographs and videos and share them instantly with millions of other people and that's grand if your child likes photographing butterflies on flowers for example but it's not so grand if they're secretly recording their teacher or videoing a fight on Yard. It's not so grand if they're sending intimate pictures of themselves to their boyfriends and girlfriends, or worse, complete strangers. And it's not so grand if they're using them to talk to other children about to self-harm, for example, which is what a lot of them are doing these days. When parents say they give their children phones to keep tabs on them, I wonder, are they really keeping tabs on them? I'm not talking about where they physically are, I'm talking about what they are doing on these devices. For me, I would now describe a smartphone as a weapon. It can't simply be trusted in the hands of someone that doesn't know what they're doing. I don't think people who own weapons know what they're doing either. Um, But it's the best analogy I can think of because I believe they are somewhat at the similar danger. While again, it would be simplistic to solely blame them on the rising trend in young people's anxiety levels and their mental health issues, it does play some part. I think it would be naive to not think that either. And if you're as old as me, can you imagine going out these days like we did before camera phones existed? It must be incredibly stressful going out today as a young person, knowing that one is under camera surveillance at all times. I mean, I rarely go out at night anymore, but if I go out on a staff night or I go out with my friends or whatever it is, on the rare occasions that I do that, it's definitely the one thing I noticed that obviously wasn't there back in my day because it didn't exist but I'm being recorded almost all the time, whether it's group selfies or videos of dancing. In fact, if you want, I have a blog post on this. Someone took a video of me dancing at an event I was at. I didn't voluntarily dance, I just happened to be there. But basically, there's a YouTube video of me dancing and it's not something anybody really wants to see. It's very uncomfortable for me and it will be very uncomfortable for you watching it. Um, You can look at the blog posts uh, on my medium.com blog if you wish. I imagine that nothing I've said, though, is new to anyone listening to this. I think the days of saying that parents just need to be educated about what their kids are doing, they're over. We all know. We know. We know giving a smartphone to a baby in a buggy is a really bad idea and doing it a lot is likely to cause speech and language delays and issues. We know that. We know that giving a young child unfiltered access to YouTube is likely to bring up videos that are at best age-inappropriate and at worst highly sexualized. We know. We know that letting our eight year old child have their own TikTok account and that while they're making videos of themselves making up dance moves that start with hi guys please subscribe to my channel that they're likely to find themselves in the company of older people making more explicit dance moves and that might be described as at least more suggestive we know we know that when we buy an 18 rated game for our children that they are going to witness things that are absolutely not okay even for people over 18 to be seeing and even though we know we seem helpless to stop it because the worst crime of all isn't basically giving your child access to the most harmful content in the world, it's that we will be, that they will be social pariahs from their classmates if we don't. When we were growing up, our parents might have asked us if Johnny jumped into a fire or jumped off a cliff, would you? It seems this generation parents are more interested in keeping in with Johnny and perhaps that's where the real problem is and that brings me back to the airwaves if you'd like to listen to my uh, couple of my radio appearances I've uh, linked to them on the blog post on medium.com where you'll find me at Slewis7796 however As I listen to those schools, and basically I talked about the schools in Greystones, uh, and more recently Waterford, one notion continuously occupies my thoughts um, about why this is primary schools that are being asked to do a pledge. Just for those of you who don't know, um, what's been going on and I, th- I think I mentioned earlier on that basically uh, schools in Greystones and schools in Waterford are leading a campaign uh, where parents are being asked to pledge that they won't buy a smartphone for their child before the age of 13 but the notion that continuously occupies my thoughts and this is more than just about this this is more than just about smartphones it's about the responsibility we share in protecting the next generation When the Minister for Education calls for schools to enforce a ban on smartphones for children under 13, it's perplexing to me. The onus has been shifted on schools to solve a problem. Yet in all my years, I haven't heard of a single school supplying or selling smartphones to children. The issue, in fact, stems from a place much more familiar. Our homes and our society. As I said before, there are restrictions and guidelines for numerous activities. Buying alcohol, voting, driving, to name a few. Those regulations, these regulations, exist to ensure the safety of individuals, particularly vulnerable ones. So if an adult buys alcohol for a child, it's the adult that's at fault. They're the ones that get into trouble. If an adult doesn't make his child wear a safety belt in a car, it's the adult that takes the rap. If an adult lets his child vape, there's only one place the finger of blame is pointing. Why are smartphones with their vast minefield of hazards any different? If a parent buys a child a smartphone, to me, that's on the parent. As I said, we already know children and as brilliant and as curious and as wonderful as they might be, they are not equipped with the maturity to navigate the digital terrain safely there is no physical protective barrier to shield them from any of the explicit content or predatory behaviours that are out there. And it's not just people deliberately trying to find children. It is now the algorithms that are bringing those, that, that stuff to them. It's impossible for the internet. To, if, if, the, if a company decides, say, say, puts in a law or puts in a, a system where it says, you have to be 13 to use this content, well, they are not going to know that the person who has put in a fake uh, date of birth is, is, is faking their date of birth. And it's not up to them to ensure that's going to happen. So they're going to pump out algorithms that are age appropriate to the date of birth that the person has inputted, okay? And look, forgetting that, if you give your child a smartphone, the best analogy I've come up with regarding giving that child a smartphone, it's like putting your kid on an airplane on their own and sending them off to, let's say, a massive city, like New York, let's go with New York, and telling them, off you go and find find a particular apartment. OK, I want you to find, you know, apartments 553 um, on, you know, 27th Street in Manhattan. OK, let's say, do that. Off you go. OK, the chances are they might get there unharmed, but the chances are they'll get lost. And no sane adult would dream of doing that. They might get lost and they might be. The thing is, they might meet someone nice. But the thing is, they might not. They might meet someone who's not nice. However, in the virtual world, they do it all the time. Off you go on TikTok, chat to you later. Who are they going to meet? Who are they going to see? Where are they going to end up? Where will the algorithm bring them? Now, I understand that integrating technology into education is crucial. I mean, if you've listened to me over the last 20 years, even before this podcast was going, I haven't spent the last 20 years promoting educational technology for nothing. Educational technology and technology in education and technology in general is one is probably the most powerful thing that has happened in not even in education, but in our world. Um, over the last 20, 30 years, and it's about to get even more interesting with artificial intelligence. It is crucial that we know. In fact, the future is not digital, the present is digital. Our children need to be prepared for the world they are currently living in and the world they will be going into. And despite a series of haphazard plans from the Department of Education, schools have done the most amazing job in introducing technology to students in a safe and meaningful way, mostly. Using their secure devices, filtering, educators often, and in fact, almost always, harness that power of the internet to make learning better to elevate their experiences. And to be honest, it is amazing. Given the lack of guidance in many ways from the Department of Education, it is laudable, it's necessary, and yet it is only one part of the equation. And we cannot rely on schools to keep leading on this and to start filtering it in filter infiltrating the family home in terms of trying to keep children safe we will do it in school outside the classroom we don't have that protective bubble we have the devices we well, most of us have the devices and the technology within the schools to ensure that children are as safe as possible because we are supervising them all the time and we have other uh, s- uh, systems in place to make sure that they stay in the lane that they should be in smartphones um, at home have, generally, don't have any restrictions. You, I, I, I can't fathom. I mean, even the most basic thing, like uh, a lot of parents don't put on, um, if, they, if they buy a smartphone for their kid or a tablet for the kid, they don't put any restrictions on. I mean, these things are free, almost free all the time. And it becomes this mad Pandora's box. We just simply can't expect schools to solve the problem. And this is what we're doing. Protecting children from potential smartphone dangers isn't our duty. Although we do play our part. As I said, we do this anyway and we have been doing this. We do ban smartphones. I find that the banning smartphones in schools is, is astonishing. I don't know a single school these days that allows children to use smartphones unrestricted. I don't even know many schools that allow smartphones at all. You know, this is the funny thing. Like I, I this 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 the narrative in the media is, is kind of bizarre to me. And they're saying, Isn't, you know, are you going to um, ban smartphones in schools? Or do you think it's a good idea for schools to ban smartphones? And my response, and I think I've said this, is I don't know a single school that allows smartphones. Um, you know, it's, it's parents that are, are, are having the smartphones. And why are schools... You know, I, I don't see... When I looked at the media, I didn't see parents in the newspapers uh, standing in front of those glossy signs with the pledge. I saw principals of schools, um, uh, you know, and I, saw, I heard principals of the schools in the media talking about this. Why is it the schools... That are leading in this I mean I, I don't disagree with what they're doing I just find it odd that they're the ones standing up um with the posters and the and with the you know uh, and the banners and stand, uh, and being in the media talking about this pledge that they're that they're running it's a, it's a very odd kind of thing you know, but as I said, I mean, schools do have the, their, their purpose. I mean, we can educate children about how to be safe on the internet. There's fantastic resources out there. In fact, I know I was giving out about the PDSU technology and education a little bit. One um, area where they're really good is on internet safety. And if you haven't looked at webwise.ie, I suggest you do so uh, as soon as possible. But the thing is, Schools will play their part, but it's collective responsibility. We all have a stake in this. Parents, guardians, internet service providers, phone retailers, policy makers, and yes, the state. Families have to open up conversations with their children about the responsibilities and risks associated with smartphones. Parents need to be aware of what their children access, and they need to utilise tools and applications to ensure their child's online safety retailers can also play their part by establishing stricter guidelines and possibly parental consent when selling smartphones to young people i don't know maybe they already do that i don't think they do i don't think children can buy a smartphone without their parent i think that you do have to be over 18 do you i don't know um but if they don't they should internet service providers need to be a bit more proactive i mean i know i was defending them, saying that oh they put in a you know you have to type in your date of birth they do need to do something better they need to I mean, if they can create algorithms to, uh, like, like the, that, that keep you addicted to a, to a game, like to, a, a, to games and to uh, watching videos, surely they can create algorithms can, that can check that you're uh, an appropriate age uh, to be watching them. I'm sure that must exist. But again, not in isolation. Politicians, the very individuals who have the powers to enact these chains, should pave the way for good policies, guidelines, and laws that put our children's safety first you need to be whatever age to be allowed to own a smartphone. If you are someone who buys a smartphone for a person under that age, that person needs to face whatever consequences they are. In the same way as if I buy alcohol for a 16-year-old in an off-license and I'm caught, well, I'm in big trouble and rightly so. And as society tries to catch up, with this rapidly evolving technological advancements, you know, and and I get that. We are moving at such a pace, you know, it's, it's mad. Like for example, you know, six months ago, I wasn't talking about AI. Now AI is the only show in town. Like, you know, what was it? A hundred million people signed up to chat GPT within a week, within a week there was that many people using chat gpt what was it did it take 50 years for a million for a hundred million people to have a telephone it's it's mad you know how quick things are going i get it but we it it's not evolving one thing that isn't evolving is our duty to ensure young people our children are well equipped and educated and protected from these from 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 the dangers that these things that these things say that these things give a smartphone, while it's one of the most life-changing pieces of technology that has ever been produced, it is also a potential weapon. And like all weapons, it shouldn't be given to children, it shouldn't be given to adults sometimes, but it should, if it is, it should be handled with extreme care. So even though um, we seem to be leaving it up to schools to lead on this, And this is why I have been on the media for the last month talking about it. It shouldn't be the case. Schools shouldn't be solving all these problems in the same way as we try to shift obesity. We try to shift uh, lack of exercise. We try to shift not having fast food restaurants within 100 meters of schools we try to shift even driving cooking all these societal things that don't happen anymore we try to shift them on schools saying no to our children giving them manners making sure their mental health and well-being all this sort of stuff is being shifted on to schools even outsourcing i said i wouldn't bring it up but we're even outsourcing religion to schools i mean how many parents don't darken the door of a church yet expect the school to have their children fully prepared for sacraments in school i mean where is the role of the parent going are we turning into a country where we are outsourcing parenting to educational establishment when it comes to smartphones i would argue that rather than people like me and rather than the lovely principals who are carrying the banners and going on the radio telling them about pledges they've done uh, with glossy things with uh, glossy posters and everything else The people who should be on the radio shouldn't be us. It should be parents. It should be the government uh, spokespeople. It should be the uh, Department of Communication, the Department of Education. It should be the mobile phone retailers. It should be all these other people that need to come together. And we need everyone to come together to ensure, because we have caused damage, that no further damage is done. So there you have it, Um, uh, just a half an hour of thoughts on why I don't think schools should uh, be taking the lead on this issue of smartphones and smartphone bans. I think this is a a big thing that everybody needs to get their involved in. And um, I hope you agree. If you don't agree, that's absolutely fine too. I can understand why one wouldn't agree. Um, I also get, you know the the whole idea well somebody has to start the conversation so why not schools I'm always thinking why always schools but uh, anyway that's uh, for another uh, day's conversation and if you wish to continue the conversation please do by going onto my Twitter account Simon M Lewis or going onto my medium.com account where you can comment and uh, we can continue the discussion anyway thanks very much for listening we'll catch you soon again best of luck with the new school year to everybody who is starting the new school year next week Uh, I'll be back uh, with another podcast at some point in the future. All the very best. Bye bye.